Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. You're listening to the Fight Night podcast with me, Gareth A. Davis, here on Talk Sport. Joining me this week in the studio, the former WBO Super Featherweight Champion Barry Jones. Oh, what a time! We had first up on this week's show, Liam Smith, who fights Chris Eubank for the second time on September the 2nd. Yes, live on Tour Sport. He's got to do something different. You know, he's got to, whatever he tried last time, clearly didn't work. Now, that's how, like, deluded he is, though. He thinks he was fully dominating that fight. And look, I, I'm not saying I was dominating it either. I'm just saying there was nothing in the fight, but the first clean punches I landed took it out. Mm-hmm. No, there was nothing in the fight. I never took a couple of jabs on the forehead. He, he took a couple, you know, the same. There was nothing in the fight. It was quite cagey. But the first meaningful shots I threw took you out, dropped you, and you should have been stopped. Being brutally honest, you should have been stopped after that first knockdown. Anybody else in British boxing gets stopped there. Once you stand up and stumble like that, you get stopped. And he never, but yeah, he got saved from, you know, probably a. Uh, uh, a brutal knockout because you know when you're that much gone, when you when your legs are gone like that, one one more shot takes you right out, and uh, yeah, I think he was saved. We know you're a kind of um, I would call you a tenacious pressure fighter, but patient. Is that the the maxim for this fight again? And do you believe you'll stop him again this time? Well, I just look at whatever way this is going to come here now. If he tries to come and box me like Roy Jones again, he makes too many mistakes, and I'll catch him. He tries to come for me and fight with me. He's there for me to nail. I know I can hurt Chris. Chris can't hurt me. You know, there's, there's, there's been no proof in any spa, any fight that Chris has ever hurt me. I know I've hurt him sparring and I've hurt him in the fight now. So I fully know I can hurt Chris. There's still, a, there's still a question whether Chris can hurt me. So he comes to have a fight with me. Then he's there for me to nail. I think you said, I think you're on record as saying that, and you're 35 next week. Can't believe you're 35. Um, even though it feels like you've been around forever. You've said that a defeat is a, not really an option for either of you, frankly, in this fight. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I'm not going to think as a feat. Um, I shouldn't be thinking as a feat because I'm a better fighter than Chris. If, I, if, I, if I'm thinking as a feat now, then you know I'm doing something wrong. Um, but you know, I probably said before the first fight, defeat's massive for either fighter, and obviously, we're here now, so defeat weren't that big for Chris because he had that rematch clause in place. But I'm pretty sure if I lost that first fight, I wouldn't be sitting here now on this, on this, on this call to you. Going into a rematch, I'd be sitting. Probably made the decision about me the rest of my career. To be honest with you, you walk away with victory. Are there still world title aspirations? I was looking at the champions at the moment. You're still obviously um, ranked at two for Janibek Alim Kanuli for the WBO. Is that is that a a title you want to fight for after this? It could be possibly, but you know, I, I was in a very good position. Look, I've been I've just been stuck out of the WBC rankings because. They thought I was inactive because um, of my injury, but I was ranked number one with the WBC at one five four. That's also still an option, you know. Charlo vacates all four belts. I'm pretty sure I can fight for one of them, but I'll be Chris, and and I'm and I'm in a good position again for whoever, whether it's Kel Brook, Conor Ben, or another crack of the world title. Um, yes, Conor Ben is an interesting one. Do you hope he gets through his case, and it could be him? You know, if he gets through his case and 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 there's talks of it, then. Then, course, obviously, Conor Ben's developed into a bit a big fight now, which is crazy. You know, obviously, the, the, the rigmarole and the stigma behind his failed drug test has made him his next fight going to be huge. If that if that's you know if the, if that door's open and I got off that fight, then then like I said, course. But look, you've seen you've seen all along, Gary. You're not stupid. Uh, my name's never ever mentioned by them. Do you know what I mean? And, and like I said, <laughs> and I know why. I, fu- I fully know why. And, so does Eddie Ayn know why. I've knocked Chris out and all of a sudden they're still banging on about Conor Ben and Chris is the biggest fight in British boxing. Bizarre. It's bizarre how you're coming for the loser. And like I said, I know Eddie's not stupid, but if that fight's there, like I said, I'd be, you know, I'd be Conor as well. Well, you are a prize fighter at this stage in your career, truly. Um, it could be an amazing couple of weeks for the family with Callum, uh, your brother, facing Artabeta Biev as well in Quebec City for three of the light heavyweight belts. How is mum with two of you having stopped boxing? I saw celebrations for mum the other day, I think. Yeah, the birthday so, yesterday. Yeah, yeah it was yesterday birthday. it was her birthday. Yeah, lovely, lovely your mum, Margaret. How does she cope still? Because she cannot watch any of your fights. Has anything changed in the last couple of years? No, not changed. She still doesn't like it. She still hates it. Like I said, she's probably she's probably a little bit happier now knowing probably two of us haven't got that long left. Um, you know, like I said, but she, she you know, she'll be it, it's a massive couple of weeks for us, but like I said, it could be a, it could and probably it could be a you know a huge couple of weeks for us to to make a prize again. Do you think Callum's going to give him the hardest fight he's ever had? Most definitely, I think Callum. Like, like I said, I'm I'm massively confident Callum pulls this off. Definitely, I think stars make fights. Very interesting. So, very quickly, before we get Cal Yafai, the Olympic gold medalist, into the studio um, for the next 45 minutes, and we can talk about Yemeni heritage, and I'm going to reveal something about you that not a lot of people know. Um, first of all, as Liam was saying there, Callum Smith, good chance against Better Beav, or as good as anyone else who's been in against a guy that's 19 and 19 stoppages? As good as anyone who's boxed him. I would yeah. say that. He's been in the ring with him. I, say, I think so. I think stylistically, Callum, you know, he, he boxes long, but he can fight inside. He's clever and patient. Strong. And, and that will help. But it's, it, you have to be honest, it's a huge ask. You know, everyone's betting on, on better be of getting old overnight. And that could happen. 
and they talk about the yard fight, there might be signs there, but you still got the job done. Let's not forget that. You know, whatever happens, you still got the job done. And in Quebec, it's going to be a big ask. I know. I spent time around Betterbeer when he was here in February. Man, he's magnificent. And and he doesn't do anything but pray, love his family, and box. That that is it. But I would say the uppercut that Smith throws, if he makes it a little bit longer, that's the weapon that might get him a win. Yeah, and like you say, what is he? Thirty nine. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, they breed them tough from from that area of Eastern Europe, though, don't they? They really do. He's trying to get him to fight out of his out of his pace. He dictates the pace. If you can get him to fight at your pace, you have more of a chance. Mm. But there's a lot of things that have to work in your favour. Well, after Liam Smith has said his piece, Barry Jones and I sat for an entire hour with the Olympic flyweight champion. Galal Yafai, yep, from the dynasty of three boxing brothers of Yemeni descent. And also, believe it or not, we got into the Yemeni extraction of Mr. Barry Jones himself, whose grandfather was Yemeni. What a lot of fun we had. First of all, we talked about growing up in Birmingham from a Yemeni background. Called you Khalid Yafai, and as soon as you came in, I yeah. corrected myself. Cal will be listening and be going, yeah, got done it again. Yeah. You said, oh, God, I've been called Cal for my whole life. Please, don't you start. Nah, I'm used to it now, so it's uh, it's all right. It's a normal gig for me. But he's not an Olympic gold medalist, is he? Yeah, that's one thing I've got over him, so it's all right. <laughs> what, do you parade that gold medal around when you have the gatherings with your mum? Because she's very special, isn't she? Yeah, nah, you know what? Surprisingly, I actually don't. Um, I probably should, should do it more often, but um, now nah, I'm caught... I'm quiet with that. I don't really uh, mention it too much. I will never forget. Um, it was a day when you got back. I think you got back from Japan or you were either still in Japan. Um, and I was sitting in my car down by the Tate Modern Gallery and we did a Zoom call, me and you. Yeah. And I will never forget you telling me about this, that five years, obviously you won your Olympic gold medal last year, was it now? Was it? Not two years it was ago. two years ago. God, that was 2021, yeah, was wasn't it? Can you believe the Olympics are again next year? Because of the delay. You told me when I was working in the car factory, because you'd, you'd stepped away from boxing for yeah. a while, in those moments when you were kind of like really down, thinking, what the hell am I doing with my life working in the car parts? Yeah. It was Land Rover, wasn't it? Or Jaguar? Land Rover, yeah. Yeah. Land Rover. And you were thinking, what am I going to do with my life? My other brothers are boxing. Yeah. And something took you back to boxing. And I remember asking you about that yeah. day, and you said, you know, it's weird because as soon as I got back into it, I knew I was going to go to the very top. Yeah, you know what? It's like just boxing, just up and down. You have it's like a roller coaster, and I just remember we see my brothers on the news and newspapers and boxing for GB and Cal going to Olympics and winning. You know, his professional fight with Gamal, and they would get all the limelight. And I would, I remember being stuck in the factory, thinking, oh, I need some of that. Um, but he didn't come for a long time, and then thankfully I got into GB and. Yeah, the rest of history. There's three of you, of course. For those listening in your cars, please don't turn off. This is going to be a fascinating hour up to up to nine o'clock. Because um, there's uh, Khalid, who's the oldest brother yeah. of the three. Gamal, who I always see as like the the wild middle one. He's always <laughs> He's got this thousand mile stare about him. And then there's you, who they've always said you were the best. You did, proved it did, in Tokyo. Did they say that? Yes, they do. Okay, yeah. They don't say it to you, but they'll say it to people <laughs> like me because they, they're too proud to say it to you because yeah, they maybe. want you to be the very best. Your mum, whose name I've forgotten... Uh, Kay. Kay uh, is yeah. an extraordinary woman. Yeah, She's she been is. amazing for the three of you. You're of Yemeni extraction. Yeah. Um, you are famously Yemen, rather like Nazim Hamid and rather like... I'm going to bring in Barry now. 
You know Barry's grandfather. He, t- he told me. Yeah, he told me. What just yeah. out there or now? No, he told me for years back Barry. How fascinating is that? Crazy, isn't it? It really is. Like I used to when, when I won the world title, I, I had a I I won the best fox in my street. Steve Robinson was a world former world champion. Yeah. He lives in the same street as I, so I used to come up with an idea of how can I be the best. And Joe Kazagi was boxing at the time, so yeah. I wasn't the best Welsh boxer currently. And I looked further afield, and I thought, well, my grandfather's from the Yemen. He got no boxers. They're they not known for having boxers. But then, yeah. so I wasn't even the best boxer from the Yemen because Nazim Hamid. So I came up with an idea. <laughs> I'm the best boxer from the Yemen called Barry. And then Kid Galahad won a world title. So I'm not even the best boxer from the Yemen called Barry, if that goes a uh, thing. But yeah. You, what, um, what is it about? I can ask both of you. You both have it in your blood. It's in your bloodlines. What is it about the Yemeni man, as you mentioned, Barry Awad, Kid Galahad, Nassim Hamid, the, the Yafai brothers, the, the three of you, Barry it, Jones? What is it? I, what would, is say, it? I would say for, for, for you know, our parents or grandparents being immigrants, of course, I... No, for, for for Yemeni people compared to others that come over, we might be top of the list mm. for, for for fighters. Well, Jamaicans have been strong. The Caribbeans have been very strong yeah, in yeah, boxing. But, but they? With, no, I think you no know, for 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 you no know, for relatives. You no, know, how many how many Yemeni people came over? It's it's a, been a bit of a phenomenon. I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I do will think say. I do think I I don't know if it's the same for you, but I do think it's a bit of a um, stubbornness. <laughs> Is that yeah, right? Yeah, maybe. You know what? It's a it's a good question. Um, but I I think it's more where you brought up as well. Like in Britain, you get the best of everything. Like I always give huge props to GB and you know the funding we get and everything. Um, and I stick to that because maybe if I was born in Yemen, I wouldn't be as good as I was. And maybe if Barry was born in Yemen, he wouldn't be as good as he was. And Naz and Cal and and so on. Um, so I gotta give obviously credit to where I'm born as well. But what like, opportunity what, everything, isn't it? Of course. It, it is, but what I what I would say is when when you look at Amir Khan, who was the first British Pakistani Muslim to change when you go to boxing now, you see I, I certainly in my time, you know, thirty just over thirty years in boxing, you see the mix of people now, the young men coming. And we do have the the, the guys who are from the Middle East. We have yeah. guys from Pakistan yeah. and India of that heritage because of well, you guys. In the amateurs you know? in the amateurs, yeah. the Indian boxers are fantastic. They are. But yeah, they, they are. They're really, they're really good. good yeah, they're yeah. technically really good and, and, and spiteful with some of their work as well, but they're technically very good fighters. So again, it's all about giving opportunities to, to fighters and, and let them and, and let them think. But like I'm a I'm well, my, my grandfather's from the Yemen, but I'm white guy. You, know, like, you can see the colour of my skin. No, no, I've I've changed my view since I no, knew but, about but, it. But, I see it in you. I, do you not yeah. see the Yemeni in it? Yeah, a little bit more. I do, I see bit. it, I see it. No, but what I mean is so but I so I grew, about so, but I, you, so, I always thought it was Welsh, but it's not. It's the <laughs> Yemeni in you. But so I grew up with a different I grew up with a different perspective on stuff. Of course, obviously. So there's a resolve there that I maybe you know I don't draw back from different things. I, I see my grandfather experienced some stuff you know, when I was a kid walking around with my brother Ginger. When he used to take us to the city centre, you've got a guy of, of, of his colour walking around with two little kids, one ginger, one little, one little brown hair kid, and like, yeah. what, no, it, yeah. it, it wasn't, it wasn't the, always a nice experience. No, for you. there is definitely that hardening by the way people treat you, whether you're bullied, all that thing. When you're, yeah. let me ask you. I mean, I was with Nassim Hamid last week at the yeah. uh, the press conference for Daniel Dubois and Alexander Usyk at the Cafe Royal, the old sporting club where Muhammad Ali fought many yeah. years ago. By the way, um, up there on on Regent's uh, Street, he, he, and, he would argue it was it was for Adams. Um, press Indeed. conference yes yeah exactly but Nazim Hamid was there and he was arguing he would have argued that the man who will steal the show is Adam Hamid how cool is it that Nassim Hamid's son 
is now and Nazim Nazim retired at 28 remember that his son is now boxing have you seen him box at yeah. all yeah I've seen him box he trains in Birmingham actually does he um, now yeah he trains in Birmingham with his brother um, they train with how's his brother is brother good as well yeah, I haven't he's seen the good-looking one with curly hair, isn't he, the brother? Yeah, the both. He um, was there as well. Yeah, the both um, look talented, um, but I know the train was. I think Spencer McCracken, I think. Um, but yeah, the train from the train in Birmingham, and if they're anything like their dad, then then they gotta be good. Tell us about getting into boxing as as three young brothers. Then growing up in Birmingham, um, Prince Azim, Naz. There you go. Um, he was our hero. Um, growing up, obviously. Did you meet him? Yeah, I've met him a few times actually. Did you meet him when you were young? Um, no, I met him about in 2018. I met him. Right. It, it, and it's a it's a bizarre story. I met him in a uh, petrol station. I met him in a petrol station going home. Um, just sitting there, he was having a packet of crisps. It was, it was an odd occasion. Um, <laughs> Where was this? Um, it was in a service station going back from Sheffield. Um, and I was like, "You're, you're right, Naz. It's um, can I have a picture?" Um. He knew my brother was, didn't know who I was. He knew Cal. Yeah, he knew Cal. Um, yeah, we had a picture and five years, fast forward five years after the Olympics and um, I got a FaceTime from him actually, out of the blue after I won gold. That's and, Naz, yeah. out of the blue. And he had the picture, he had the picture that yeah. we took as well. He, um, he, he, he grabs hold of me sometimes out of the blue. The last thing wasn't, it was last week, was, by the way, I've heard you on TalkSport, you haven't been mentioning that I am the greatest boxer ever to come out <laughs> of the UK. You said I was number 14, no I didn't. But Naz has this thing, he's like a dog with a bone, isn't he? So growing up, the three of you, yeah. were you one glove each, boxing around the sofa? How did it all kick off? Did you have to look after yourselves because of your colour or where you were from and your origins? What was it like growing up Obviously, we, we just saw Naz and I know Count Gamal loved him. Um, they'd stay up watching him on box office and they'd pay for it. And Well, my mum would pay for it. Um, and we'd spar the next day and we'd batter each other. And Cal was a few years older than me, so I'd get um, I'd get the beating from both. Um, and yeah, we kind of just... They went to the gym and... You got the beating from both? I don't believe you. N- probably not now, but back then I did. Did you? You know, four years is a lot when you... Or was I about eight? You were five and they were nine. Yeah, something yeah, like that's that. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big that's difference. That's like six then. weight divisions. I, I, had the same, I had the same with my brother. We, <laughs> yeah, I had the same with my brother all the time. We were like Hagler and Hearns. I was always Hearns. Yeah. <laughs> In every three-round yeah, fight yeah, you every. had. Though every, every seven minutes of hell, four times a week or whatever. <laughs> but, but you're lucky being the younger. Like I was, I had an older I brother who was so. talented. You learn yeah. without, without them teaching you stuff. You learn, don't you, just by watching? Yeah, I think it helped me. Um, obviously, I learned off them too as well. Um, while I was working, like I said earlier, uh, they were boxing for England, boxing for GB. I remember being in secondary school at about 14, and Cal was just going to Beijing at the Olympics. So that's wow. what I was looking up to at the time. And I say sometimes maybe Cal paved the way for that. Um, and so did Gamal. So help me out uh, in abundance. Lovely ride, hook from Yafai. And Cayeros backs off noticeably for the first time in the contest. The Mexican looking ragged and goes down. And he's squinting and the referee decides he's seen enough. At the beginning of the round, a superb attack from Galal Yafai brings the contest to an end. That is a mightily impressive finish in a mightily impressive performance. 
You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sports. Um, that was Mike Costello on DAZN, obviously talking through another victory. He's 4-0 as a pro. Is my studio guest, Galal Yafai, tonight. Barry Jones is here with me for the whole of the show as well. The former WBO super featherweight champion. We'll get into a lot more about Barry um, when Gal departs with his wife in London for a night out. I'm forcing him to do it. Gal, um, welcome back to the studio. Um, 4-0 with three uh, wins via KO. Your last fight was Moses Calleros. Yeah. Um, you won via TKO. That was in, I think, Mar- uh, April 23rd, April wasn't it? Yeah. April 1st. April 1st it was, yeah. of course. Uh, who else fought that night? Uh, Big AJ. Big AJ. <laughs> we'll get into a bit of that in the next section. Anthony Joshua. Your next fight is Tommy Frank on the 19th of August in Birmingham. WBC International Flyweight title. They're moving you very quickly. We're going to come to your career in a minute, but let's just look back on what's projected you. I mean, your 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 Olympic career, your amateur career is stellar now when you look back on it. Yeah. Um, two golds, two silvers, two bronzes for the British, Great British team in uh, Tokyo in 2021, delayed a year by COVID. Yourself and Lauren Price, who's going great guns as well, gold medalists, yeah. um, silver medalists, Ben Whitaker and Pat McCormack, yep. and bronze medalists, Big Fraser Clark yeah. and Art, uh, Karis Artinstall. Yep. What was it like to be involved in that, an incredibly successful group, and to be involved in that English Institute of Sport set up under Rob McCracken, who's coming for some fire from AJ in the last week? I'm going to ask you about that in a minute, but tell me about that setup and what it built for you and that Olympic experience. Well, obviously, it got me that Olympic gold. It got me my um, experience. Um, the job them guys do up there um, speaks for itself. You saw it at the Olympics in Tokyo. Um, it's a medals. conveyor belt, though. It's become a conveyor belt for success, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Why? Oh, it's a good question. But the the training, the like I said earlier, the funding we get, um, it's a big thing. It's millions and millions, isn't it? Yeah, and it helps us get our dreams. <laughs> Hyperbaric chambers, altitude rings that Everything. are blocked off, sports science, watching your every movement, yep. light sensitivity when you're sleeping. All the, is it? Did you get all that as well? Yeah, you get everything. Um, you know. Um, it's a, it's an expensive sport when you when you get in psychologists and physiologists and you know everything you, you need to be a top fighter and we all had it there at, at our feet um, and you've seen in the past as well if you go for all the Olympics 2016 you had Joe Joyce, Nick Adams, Watsies and then AJ's and you know these kind of fighters so. They're doing something right up there. Luke Campbell, Nicola Adams, yeah. real, um, obviously gold medalists. Do you? Do you feel that Tokyo was a weird experience? I mean, I was out there myself covering, yeah. particularly the Paralympics. It was a very unusual event to be at. Yeah, you know what? It was different. Um, obviously, with COVID and stuff, um, there was no fans there, um, which I didn't really care about, to be fair. You know, it's great having fans there and everything, but it, I've got a job at hand. Um, I've got a win. Um, whether there's 50 people there or there's 50,000 people there, Um I knew people were watching on the telly, so I had to win for them people to see me and for me to achieve my, my, my dreams. I think the greatest style there is, I'm going to bring Barry in here, but I think the greatest style there is, Barry, and our man has it, is if you're a counter-punching, aggressive counter-punching yeah. fighter, Lomachenko, Terence Crawford, we're going to speak about him later, um, Errol Spence, um, Alexander Usyk, a lot, well, to a certain extent, but a lot of fighters, counter-punching, aggressive fighters, which he, we talked about this, didn't I, to yeah. you, the minute you won the gold. You know they translate to, to a pro career as well. You do, and, and, and 
it's it's a comp. You have to be supremely confident in your ability because you're you're walking into potentially taking punches, but knowing you're sharp enough and timing to and force things, them yeah. to throw when they don't yeah. want to, yeah. so you yeah. can let your hands go. I think, and that's a, so you there's you have, there's a belief in yourself. There's not a lot of us. I I, didn't, I never had it. So you have to believe in yourself and bet in yourself every time you get in the ring. Is you it also have to have a good. Though? You also have to have a good. It's a little is it, bit. Is it natural? Is it? Do you either have that style well, or you don't? You might have that. Men- I think mentally it, it can help you that, that because that, that's a mindset. But so you can teach anyone to do it, but to commit to it. You've got to have that inner resolve. It's, it's a different thing. I, I would say though, the, you, the success. It was, was it all the all the equipment and all the stuff that you had. Yeah. But literally, just getting all that talent into into a same into the same digs, sleeping yeah. together. No, sleeping in the, in the same in the same yeah, environments, yeah. training together, living together constantly. That makes you a better fighter. Yeah, yeah of do. course. And one thing distinctively, I remember when I when I first joined GB, and it it was a competition. It was. You, you go there and you got to spar the best in the country. There's three or four at your weight, so you have to spar. I remember going there and it's me, Sonny Edwards, the European silver medalist, and we're all gunning for a place. Um, and it's the same for every other weight. You your competition on a track, you know, in the mornings, like, I hated running. But I'd, <laughs> I'd have to try and beat the other 50-odd kilo fighters. Um, weight, doing weights, I want to get there. I want to pick up the most. And then we got a spa, so it's just competition, competition weekly, and it just makes you a better fighter, and it made me a good fighter. Well, made me a, a better fighter. Um, but, but that self belief that Barry's talking about, when yeah. you're rubbing shoulders with people who've had massive success, and you might be a youngster, you might be in the middle of the of the conveyor belt, when you got to Tokyo, you're with the team. You know the the guys in the background, Lee, and I can't remember the name of all the Lee Pullen and other guys, yeah, and Dave Robert Alloway. Kraken, Dave yeah. Alloway, Richie Woodall, who yeah. obviously works with the amateurs and with yeah. us. We've known him. We covered his careers. We we work yeah. with him on TV sometimes. So, um, to having that that kind of bedrock of knowledge and experience, surely it feels like a machine that you're involved in. Yeah, definitely, and you see from the past as well, and. It gives you confidence. Obviously, see fighters like AJ and these Joe Joyce's and Nicol Adams go through the same system we we going through, um, and they've been successful. So you just think there's no reason why I can't do that too with the same equipment, the same trainers, etc. So yeah, it's all good. Um, it's fascinating to 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 see all that. But I just wonder, I just wonder when you step away from it, and you haven't got that kind of psychological and sporting scaffolding anymore around you is it a weird thing then being on your own training you know what gav i can't lie i don't really mind okay i, I don't mind um yeah. obviously i still train up there with Ron McCracken. so um i'm not really with the team now but I'm, oh so you haven't been able to step away from it really you, no, still, have that, you still have that home comfort yeah i'm still in there but you know what i'm selfish i think about myself i don't care where i train as long as i'm training and i'm improving and i'm winning that's the main thing where do you where where do you when you won Olympic gold did you think yeah I couldn't have had a better launch for my professional career what than winning gold yeah it's the the what what could be better than winning Olympic gold medal it's it's the only thing that I'm jealous of and, and <laughs> the, like I've I've been around Joe Calzaghe's and people know great fighters all time greats but an Olympic gold medal yeah. is something that that I still now dream of well the th- think they do when I've spoken in the past to Ricky Hatton Joe Calzaghe. Um, Nazim, how many? They'd all have loved to have had well, an Olympic gold. Well, they'd for, all yeah. Forget it. about that. All the great fighters who won an Olympic gold medal, they, they, you go back and they've had illustrious professional careers, and they say, "Sugar Ray Leonard, what's yeah. the greatest moment of your whole boxing career?" And they'll say that. 
you'll see, you'll see Montreal in yeah, 76. You know what is it? I remember winning gold and thinking, all these fighters that won gold, Muhammad Ali's, your Margaret Taylor's, your Oscar De La George Hoyas, Foreman, Joe Fraser. Yeah, Sugar Ray Leonard's, and I just thought, I'm not as good as them guys, but there's one thing we all have in common, and we've, I've won a gold medal just like them, so... I'm nowhere near as good as You'll them, be able but... to say that forever. And let's include yeah. Clarissa Shields and Katie Taylor in that as well, by the way, yeah, as we sit here. That's today. a long list, then. When you went when you went that goal, my house was just crazy. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate my it. Kid, mine, mine. My kids mine. my kids were running around. They didn't, yeah. know, they didn't know what they were running around for. <laughs> they were just because I was going, yes, and they were all just running around like lunatics. I was just joining with dad. It was just like I don't like but, I didn't know you, but it was But it was did a you proud not feel moment. his momentum during the competition that there was there's something about what you carried? Oh. You it, it, I know you had that style before, but that I just thought, man, this guy's got this this is his games. I, that you you were resonating it. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I just from every fight, I just improved, and you know, even if I had a tough fight, I'd I'd just think about the next fight. Okay, I've got I've got through that one. I just didn't need to think about the next fight, so I just took one fight at, at a time. And I remember Oscar De La Hoya saying he took one fight at a time. Yeah, and that's what helped him in the Olympics. And I remember hearing that at the start of the tournament, and that helped me win gold. But to maintain the energy you did in every single fight. In a, in a short space like that, but no, I know I know what those tournaments are like. You know the lower level Europeans yeah. I did, and they're so difficult. Yeah, but you kept the energy in every fight, and, that, and that's what set you apart for me. I had to, you know what? I I needed that gold medal. I was a man on a mission. Were you, were you exhausted coming to the final? Oh, you know what? I wasn't to be fair. No, I, really? I felt okay. Um, I I, I was just nervous. a man on a mission. Uh, yeah, nervous for all my fights. Whoever says that they don't get nervous for yeah. a fight is lying. You need it. It gives yeah, you the edge. You need it, it and. I just remember thinking Olympic final. I can't believe it. Yeah, you look you look so cool though. You look so it's, cool. It's all an act. It's a poker face. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's an act. Really inside, I'm, I'm breaking it. But that's Did what you... that's what sets you apart, though. Physically, people can do stuff. Talent is great, but the mental toughness, fortitude, though, to get over those nerves, to to conquer that, to believe in yourself at the highest level, where you could easily fall over, and that 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 that's what sets you apart before we go to the darts i will never forget the pictures of you coming back i think it was at the airport yeah and your mum and your brothers <laughs> there oh it was so i mean i remember having tears it was, it was all, a bit... all that all the because you couldn't see them during the games they yeah. couldn't travel to it was so emotional it was nice but i was really tired as well so <laughs> i just wanted to just go home and have a coffee staying on the outside drawing the shots drawing the leads making his man miss as long as he avoids a complete meltdown in this last round, Galalia Fight will claim Great Britain's first boxing gold medal here at these Tokyo 2020 Games. Somewhere, Big Brothers Cal and Gamala watching, probably on their knees, screaming at a TV set somewhere. Little brother Galal is on the brink of Olympic gold here. Galalia Fight, Olympic champion at flyweight. In the footsteps of the great Terry Spinks back in Melbourne in 1956, a flyweight Olympic gold medalist. You're listening to Fight Night and Talk Sport with me, Gareth and Amos, in the studio as our guest for this hour is Galal Yafai. You heard it there, Olympic gold medalist, um, aping Terry Spinks all those years ago, 60 odd years before Barry Jones is with me here, the former WBO super featherweight champion, more renowned these days uh, for his brilliant punditry and commentary on radio and television. Gal, let's get to you straight away. Um, so far, 4-0, three yeah. knockouts. You've been on some massive cards already. Yeah. They're fast-tracking you. Is there any, is there any pressure 
that they're fast tracking. You already hold, hold a, an international um, a sanctioning belt title. Yeah. I mean, are you one of those guys that's going to be challenging for a world title by fight ten? Um, yeah, if I'm lucky, probably before that. Um, <laughs> but like I said, it just, not, not ambitious at all. Yeah, but na- why? Yeah. Why? I just think because I'm I'll be ready soon, and people might disagree and say, "Oh, you had a life and death in Abu Dhabi," and I'd say. I agree and I don't agree. Um, I know sometimes things don't go right in fights. You know, I had my problems in the fight. I remember actually seeing Barry there, actually. I remember seeing you there yeah. distinctively. And, I'm, and I remember thinking, gosh, I, just wanted, I don't want to be in this fight anymore. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll hey, see. Hang on, hang on. Let's go, get, go back to that. This yeah. is a 10... Let's just say what it is. It's a 10-round fight with Gohan Garcia, yeah? yeah. And and you won yeah. uh, 96-94, 95-96... Um, so ninety six, ninety five. So split points, yeah. Split decision. Yeah. Split decision. What? Why are? Why are there question marks about it? Um, first of all, it's a split decision. Um, um, I I know in the fight I had an injury. Um, I shredded my foot. Um, I know it sounds a bit a bit silly, but it that that wasn't me that night. But I get to prove that uh, in the future when I fight better fighters. So. But you need those fights. You need those fights that, that things don't always work for you. But for whatever yeah. reason, if it's an injury or just you don't feel it or you're lethargic or whatever, but you need those fights to... Because you know, you're, you're being fast-tracked, Yeah, you need those... You're not going to get the luxury of having a fight and then a couple more learning fights after that. Like yeah, others definitely. do, so they get disguised. You can, yeah. Yours is like, I'm, I'm learning on the job quickly. Yeah. Because you're going to get a gut check or a chin check or you know, some guys that you go at the level that eat harder to, to break down or, yeah. or close the distance. So... I thought no, it, it was. I thought you won the fight, clear, clear enough. You know, it was close. But it was question marks right now. They were, well, of course it is. There yeah. are question marks, and, and that's. But that's there, there has to be. Yeah. Because as, as talented as you are, as good as you are, we you know this is a different, slightly different code to the sport. Yeah. With longer distance, and, you, and the champions at your weight are, are pretty good. To yeah, be honest. Yeah, they're all good. So we judge you now with a view to how you how you would perform against them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And you should be asking questions to yourself constantly. You do. Yeah, of course I do, you yeah. do. Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, I've only had four fights and hopefully I can I can prove that was wrong in, in the future. And But that's what I expect that at the top and I expect that in any sport, so... Well, you fight next against Tommy Frank on the 19th of August at the Utilita Arena in Birmingham. I don't yeah. think... Um, Dan Barnard's in with you tonight yeah. um, from Matchroom, one of your brilliant press officers who, who's worked with many of us for many years um, and made the journey in with you tonight. Uh, nice to see you in here, Dan, um, with Galal. Um, the, the Dan was telling me before we came on air that I don't think Matchroom have been there for a long time. It must mean a lot to you to be... You're headlining, I take it, at the arena. Yeah, yeah, headlining. Um, it's nice to be back in Birmingham, but to be headlining, um, yeah, I'm thankful for, to Matt Truman. Amir Khan was the was it was it Amir Khan was the last one to headline there oh, um, live th- with them. I think so. Yeah. Um, when was that? About three, four years ago, was it? Maybe um, even longer. Was it longer? Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. been a long time coming. Yeah. What does it mean though? Does it get? Does it get the? Does it? Is it more nervous for you? Is it? Is it? Do you know that friends and family? Can you walk with a thousand fans through the streets to get there? Um, you know. It, yeah. no, it, you know. What is there? Is there something lit in you about it? Yeah. Obviously, fighting in Birmingham is my home city. I haven't fought there for like what maybe ten years or something. Wow. Um, I'm always, always used to fighting on a road. You know, with, with Great Britain and other countries and. You you asked then, will I be more nervous? And probably, yeah. Um, you know, I'm used to fighting in big fights, Olympic finals and, and things like that, but it's nothing like boxing in your home city in front of all your friends and 
and, and your family. You box in Cardiff? Yeah, most of my career was Cardiff. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. yeah. Is my, it different? My big, my biggest fights were away from Cardiff, unfortunately. But yeah, it, well, you fought at the. But, let's talk about this. You fought at the London Arena, didn't you? It's, it's no longer here, is it? And you won the world title. Yep. And then after I boxed, they knocked it down. I did. They, said they, they said they can't get better than this. Let's knock it down. Mm. <laughs> they, they, um, but do you, do you feel that you have to put on a performance in this fight? More than just win, like a win's yeah. important, but you feel like yeah. this is because you're at home now. Everything points to you, you know, showing your class. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, it it would be nice to to perform. Um, obviously, first and foremost, I've got to win, which no doubt that I think I will. Um, yeah. but I have to perform as well. Um, but that's you have to perform everywhere. If you don't perform nowadays, I'm gonna get trolled like. Yeah, you know what and, I mean, that, and, that, and that's the curse. If there is a curse of being an Olympic gold medalist, it's that every fight you have, yeah, there's a light shine on you. You ha you can't just win like I could. Other fighters can sneak wins, and then all yeah. of a sudden they turn up as I'm top ten in the world. Yeah, every yeah. fight of yours is is viewed with a magnifying glass. Well, it's funny it you say that because you're already t top ten in the world with two of the sanctioning bodies, aren't you? Yeah, um, <laughs> it, it, I know it's not really the norm, is it, after four fights, but. I'm I'm looking for more. Like I I don't even care about all them kind of things. I I need to be world champion. Um, yeah, it's brilliant picking up titles on the way. But Barry knows that being world champion, I need to be one of them. Julio Cesar Martinez. Yeah. Artem Delakian, Sonny Edwards. Yep. And Jesse Rodriguez. Now we know that Edwards and Rodriguez. It's a phenomenal fight. That for yeah. me, it's a great fight. Sonny Edwards. <clears throat> excuse me. Arguably, it technically is one of our best pound-for-pound pound fighters in the UK. No question about it. Bam Bam Rodriguez will properly test him, in my view. They're ranked number two in the world, I think, by in the independent rankings. Rodriguez won, Edwards two. How do you see that going? Oh, you know what? I'll speak to Dan earlier about it, but <laughs> I won't say on on, on here. Um, That's a DAZN fight. Obviously, Sonny's controversially arguing with Eddie Hearn all the time, but yeah. they're mates at the moment. Yeah, they're both, good, both great fighters. Um Obviously, if you look at Bam Rodriguez, he's a come forward technical boxer, a southpaw, aggressive, a bit like myself. Yep. And Sun Edwards is a, a back foot, you know, slick, um, elusive, awkward. Um, awkward. Yeah, and talks your head off. Yeah, so um, <laughs> he's a great character. They, won't, they yeah. won't get away. What they get, both of them mind. What they they won't, what works for Rodriguez won't work every time with with Sunny, and what Sunny gets away with with other opponents, he won't get away with with Bam. Yeah, I think that's quite important. That's what makes it such an intriguing fight. You can see two really good fighters. It's a really hard weight, actually, to be honest. It is there's a hard no, weight. There's no easy. There's no easy route for you. You know that. I know. It, that's it's, that's a tough thing. Um, so it should be though, hey? Yeah, it's it. You want to be at the top. Um, there's four world champions. They're all very good. Um, sometimes you think, "What well, way shall I go?" But I don't even look at that. I like that. We and believe it's going to be in December, don't we? I'm thinking, I'm right in saying it hasn't been announced yet. Dan Barnard's knocking, nodding his head behind me. I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to reveal. I don't want to get him in trouble with Eddie Hearn tonight. But <laughs> um, you might have two fights by then. You'll be ringside, I take it. Um, oh, for the Edwards and yeah, uh, maybe I can fight on it. Um, <laughs> I'd like to be Ooh, on like the card. That. Yeah, it'd be nice to be on the card. Both of you, before we go to break, um, pick a winner, Barry Jones. Right now, yeah. <sighs> I know it's a tough one. I, I, I'm, I'm huge fans of both right now, because I'd have to go with Bam. Bam Rodriguez yeah. points. Yeah, I think so. 
You know what? I'm going to stay on the fence. Gareth, you know what it is? I like Bam. Oh, these are big Sonny, I get along tonight. with Sonny as well. I don't, no, don't want to do them get along with I, don't, I want to build it up. I want to light a bit no, of fire that's not, under listen, this. That's not his job to do It's that. not what we're here to do tonight. No, it's not what we're here to do. I'll let you know after. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We had a great time with Galal. He didn't want to leave the studio, wanted to stay to talk about his old mate, AJ Anthony Joshua, the Carl Froch comments on TalkSport last week, and this supposed spat with Rob McCracken. Now, Galal is friends with Rob, who was his coach, Rob McCracken, the head of uh, boxing at the English Institute of Sport, and AJ Anthony Joshua, with whom he was on the British team for a while. Here's what he had to tell us when we chatted about heavyweights. In fact, Barry and Galal had some amazing views on the heavyweight division right now and might surprise a few people in what they had to say about Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. Let me get both of your views, first of all, as fighters. If you're in the position of Tyson Fury and you were offered a Francis Ngannou fight for, I'm saying, £30 million before you fight Alexander Usyk or Anthony Joshua to round the era, let's say. A lot of people say you may not. A lot of people think he's the number one in the division, but he's yet to prove it. Could you, as a fighter, Barry Jones, first of all, could you say no to that? No, of course I couldn't. And, and if Tyson Fury said no to it, he'd be a fool. I would say that much. I'm not a fan of it. I, I, I'll tell you that also. 
you can't turn that down. That's that's more money or equal money than you would get if he boxed Uzi possibly in a fight which is a hard fight for him. So and and he gets to have a a move around, a spar at best. I don't care what anyone's telling me. No, a bow and gun. He's not a boxer. You're asking somebody. You're asking someone to go into another sport and excel at it against the best. It's a, it's a ludicrous question to ask for somebody. I would prefer to see him fight for the undisputed title against Alexander Usyk or fight Anthony Joshua, which is still a great fight for the British fans, or Frank Sanchez, the number four, or Arsan Mahmoudov, Arsan Mahmoudov, the four, number five There's 40 in the fighters in that WBC there, ratings. There Any are, one of those, there, arguably. There, much prefer that. But when a boxer is offered that opportunity, know. Um, you know, like you said, is he foolish not to take it, and do we judge someone on the in the in the at the end of their career rather than in the middle of their career? I think, of course, he has to take it. I think it, again, I mirror what Barry said. It's a silly question. Um, well, thank you. No disrespect, I ask a lot of yeah. silly questions. That's fine. That's no, just no one disrespect. Of them. No disrespect to you. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't take it as that. Yeah. But no, but like you say, it is a silly question, yeah. and yet it's got boxing purists incensed, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and that's the sad thing in boxing is sometimes you could fight someone, exactly what Barry said, you could fight someone 10 times better and you get a fraction of the money. Or you could fight someone that's nowhere near as good but get 10 times the money. If Jake Paul was a flyweight, right, and you and he did a bit of jabber walking. I'm already going to know what you're going to ask and it's a yeah, definitely. Yeah, fight it, it, for five yeah, million. It, I mean, Tommy Fury's in a difficult position. I want to hear that he's almost on the cusp of signing this fight with KSI. He's never going to need to fight. I mean, why would he say no to it? Exactly, and I, I could be in a life and death and make a fraction of that money. So um, do I blame him? No. Um, Ethically and morally, you should be defending well, the I, heavyweight championship of the world. Not even that. I, I mean, the sport is not governed enough it doesn't it have a no world it has no governance then, no, it has so, no world so, yeah. so I have no issue with the fight good luck to him and it doesn't affect, if it doesn't affect anyone if it, if it doesn't hold up anyone's career then it, it shouldn't be an issue he's going off it's not It's not, It's not. not going to go on his record I, I'm pretty sure of that it's just an exhibition like many other fighters have done no it's in the a past. fight it's not an exhibition no it's a no but, no, but, no, but it's not an exhibition but, but, they, they refuse to call okay, it an okay, exhibition okay no, it's a fight that's not sanctioned by anybody then they'd say that so it doesn't go on his record oh I bet the WBC Adam and I were talking about Adam Catterall and I were talking about this the other week I'm sure the WBC will come up with some kind of memor- commemorative well they might thing. do but shame on them and and but what I mean if it holds up anyone's career from, from the number one contender to the number 40 contender then then it should be a problem. They have the, so the, these governing bodies and people who run the sport should be made accountable. Uh, but apart from the fight happening it, it, on its own merit, then you fill your boots, mate. The, the heavyweight division is on the move, though. Obviously, the landscape's changed in the last 12, 18 months because of Saudi Arabia getting involved, and they do want to be involved. They've got huge amounts of money. They're involved in golf. They're involved in buying football players. They're involved in all motorsports. They're involved in boxing because they know that if you scream, fight, fight, fight in the corner, people are going to switch on. It's always happened for time immemorial. It's an ancient thing. It's why we love this sport. It draws you. It's something special. Now, Anthony Joshua is fighting um, Dillian White on August the 12th, TalkSport are going to be there. Daniel Dubois challenging Alexander Usyk for three of the world heavyweight belts on August the 26th. Joe Joyce is fighting Zhili Zhang in a second. Very difficult fight, I think, on yeah. September the 23rd. 
those first and the third of those fights, we are live and direct with TalkSport. We might be at all of them. Francis Ngannou and, and Tyson Fury, October the 28th in Saudi Arabia as part of Riyadh season. Let's park that one. Anthony Joshua against Dillian White. Personally, I admire him taking that fight. Mm. But you know Anthony Joshua really well. You were in the British team with him for a long time, Gal. Yeah. Um, and you know Rob McCracken. What do you yeah. make of these comments in the last week that um, Rob McCracken should have taught Anthony Joshua more defensively? What do you make of that? Is it, has it been misinterpreted? Has it been blown out of all proportion? Do you understand what he's talking about there? Um I can't, I can't agree with him. Obviously, I trained with Rob McCracken, and you know, I seen, I seen Cole. Cole was a bit vocal. Cole about Froch. It. Yeah, Cole yeah. Froch is very vocal about it. And do I blame him? No. Um, he's done brilliant for Cole, and I think he did brilliant for AJ. Looking at it, really, uh, if you look at it, Olympic gold, he's unified two time, great world champion. So I, I don't know. Changed the landscape. Yeah, he did, <laughs> and he was, he, he's a superstar, and he, and he changed he is a British boxing. Um, and I'm a big fan of of Joshua. I looked up to him. And GB, I'd see him training at a and all. Um, maybe he said the wrong things, but you know, it's sport and people people do say the wrong things sometimes. Barry, let me get your reaction to this. Former super middleweight world champion Carl Froch was on the White and Jordan show earlier this week. He said that Anthony Joshua needs to react better to criticism. Here's what he said: Well, why is he being so sensitive? I mean, he's a, he's a big lad. He's a professional fighter, and somebody's got um, a bit of constructive criticism to put his way. He should he should take that, especially from somebody who's won four world titles and has recently been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So get that in there for a little minute. But the people that's coming, <laughs> we did celebrate that with you the other week. No, we? we did, we did. But what I'm saying is, it's, it's it's no it's no personal like vendetta against AJ. I mean, people have suggested that because he left Rob McCracken, which I've got my reservations about that. I think it was more of a mutual agreement. Rob maybe not wanting to work with AJ as much as AJ not wanting to work with Rob. So. There's, there's no problem. I want AJ to succeed. I want him to do well. It's good if we have a unified, undisputed champion in Britain. We don't want Usyk to take the belts away from, from our country. We want to keep him here. So whether it's Fury or AJ, I don't care. Let's keep the heavyweight boxing scene alive in Britain. AJ's got to be able to take some criticism on the chin when he's underperforming. Two things, Barry. One, that last point. Does he need to take more criticism more easily? But also, is there any veracity in... You know, Rob McCracken is is Froch standing up for his mate there, or is there any veracity in you know Rob? I know Rob very well. I've known him a long time. I knew him through all through his Carl Froch days. And Rob Rob is a very quiet man who does his job brilliantly, in my view. Do, is it AJ just talking about he's with a new trainer and learning new things, perhaps? Maybe I would say this about AJ. <laughs> when he didn't say anything, oh, he's just media trained, and he just no, he doesn't give us anything. Or, no, he's like. A, He's like, he's like a robot. And now, oh, AJ, oh, you can't be, you can't have an attitude, you can't be saying this. So he's either too street or, he, or, he, or, he's, or, he, or he's too packaged. So people got to make up their minds what they want. I know he, he's trying to be himself. So he's got an opinion now, which is not a bad thing. I don't agree with him. He was a different type of fighter when he fought under Rob McCracken, though, wasn't no, he? I don't, yeah, I don't agree with him, actually. I think, I think he was a better fighter there. But, I mean, it might not be... Sometimes it's a different voice telling you the same thing. If, mm. if he, it's That's his, a, it's his prerogative, yeah. and also it's a short career. You go the, the the fight that makes the trainer. The trainer's worth his weight in gold, but ultimately the fight that makes the trainer. That's just how it's always been, unfortunately. But you need a good trainer. You need somebody you need to trust. You need somebody you could trust. And I thought the trust was there. If it's not there, then you did the right thing to go. Exactly. You, you move on, don't yeah. you? You have to. You but, have to find your own know, reasons. I don't mind Joshua with an attitude. 
Well, why not? People, he's a fighter for like. What should, I know we like Joshua. He should with have an attitude. attitude, but you know, but and and he's venting in the way he feels fit. Remember, bear in mind, everyone's telling the right things. I feel, but everyone's telling him what he should do. Everyone knows better for him. What's best for him? Everyone, us, we do it. He's like, oh, he must be like all the time. Well, I think I'd say in Saudi Arabia. No, I do think we're right. We're, <laughs> no, no, well, I mean, look, listen. Whatever he does is fine by me because he he's been brilliant to follow. I mean, I met him when he was a kid before he won that silver silver um, world championship gold, uh, silver amateur world championship medal before winning gold at the Olympics. And he was a brilliant young man then. He came and presented for a tiny ballerina at Telegraph Sports Awards, and you could tell that he was somebody and was going to be somebody. I think he's been amazing for the sport and still is. I just uh, will miss him when he's he, gone. He's not- In Saudi Arabia, Spencer and Oliver and I, we, we did the fight, the second fight with Usyk, and I completely understood his frustration after the fight, I in my the, view. I, I was inside as well. Yeah, then, he, right? he, I completely understood his... He did the wrong things with the belts, and but he was so well, frustrated no, with himself. Yeah, and that's but, where it all came but, out, But the problem, the problem for yeah. that was, that wasn't his moment. That was the issue there. That wasn't his moment. That was Uzik's moment. Yeah, but hang on. You're doing. You're now saying exactly what you no, no, were saying not, against yourself. No, as, I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying yeah, it was his moment. I'm not saying, no, he was the A side still. No, but he's, he's the A side in but, that event, wasn't but he? He's lost the fight. It's he the, lost the plot. It's but, the, but, but because he's he was emotional. It's the, it's the winner's thing. That's what I say. That's why people jumped on him. And he has to accept that. That's fine. And that's and that is fine. But that's fine. Yes, accept. That's fine. What I'd say that he, but he's, a, he's he's on a crossroads here. Forget about all the emotional stuff. He's on a crossroad with his career. Yeah. And I think the Dillian White fight is the right fight for him. Oh, I'm really looking forward to, to it. To force it yeah. out of him. If he's got... The, the biggest question with, with Joshua is now, does he have that... The, he looks like he has a he has a, 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 a an over-exaggerated fear of getting hit. That's what it looks like right now. He's still has residue from that Ruiz fight. Yeah. And if and this is the fight that we'll find out because I, I think I think Dillian White's a little bit past his sell by date but still dangerous. But the way he fights, the way he throws, if you don't fire back, he will beat you up. So if Joshua doesn't fire back, he gets beat up, but he has it in him to fire back. If he's in him, he will do it and he'll win quite convincingly. Joshua and White, a fascinating fight, Galal. Yeah, I was speaking about it over there, actually, and it's going to be one of them fights. It's either going to be a really good fight or it's going to be really boring. <laughs> I don't want to put a downer on it. Oh, I don't but, see it boring. Nah, I, it's I either going to be a really I, good fight. It's one or the it other. It might start boring, a bit of phony war to begin with, and a bit of feeling out. They're not They're not the raw young heavyweights who indulged in a bloodlust before and during those seven rounds, seven and a half. They're very different. Both have got three losses. They're very wealthy men now. They're experienced prize fighters, aren't they? I think, I think, I think, I understand what you're saying, that, that yeah. Joshua's really tentative and works beyond the jab and keeps moving and Dillian hasn't got the feet to catch him up. <laughs> I, I think that, that, I can see that, but I, I think Dillian makes, no, makes too many mistakes but when he was when he was a bit fresher and he had that, and he had more speed to his work, he got away with it just with sheer yeah. energy. Won't it be funny if we get the same fight all over again at the O2 Arena that they Hopefully. actually just go for it? I think no, that that Joshua there, that was that that was almost like he brought he had all the technical stuff and all the grounding from the GB like you did, mm. but he still had that little bit of a he didn't show it to the media, and I don't know him personally. But you could see in that fight, you still have that little bit of, like we all do, a little that bit of fire that street, street, you know, when someone starts on you. It doesn't leave you though, does it? Someone starts doesn't on you, leave you, you give it? it to him. He doesn't leave you, does I'm it? I'm 50 years of age, I won't take, I, won't, I don't take nonsense You're the past, he's the, f- I, I don't mean you're the past, you're no, in the present, but you're, in, you know, your world title was 23 years ago. You're, you're the future. 
and the has present. aj and the present and no we're all the present but you're the future you're the future of the flyweight division hopefully how do you see that fight with aj and white um i yeah i have to go with aj um looking from their last two fights they weren't the best um i don't like criticizing other boxers and, and things like that but it weren't vintage dillian white and vintage aj um but yeah i've got to go with aj well next up on the show joining us just a few days after he took a fight on a few days in verbania italia was the one and only dan aziz who of course fights joshua boazzi later this year we don't have a date for it yet but we cannot wait for that all british light heavyweight clash here's dan Big energy as always. You took a fight on a couple of days' notice against Khalid Graidia um, yes. last week. You won on points. And yeah. we'd heard you'd already signed to fight Joshua, fight Joshua Boazzi. What are you doing yeah. jumping on fights and no notice in foreign countries? Uh, were you just on holiday there and there was a fight off? Or what was going on? <laughs> yeah, I just, you know what? My thing is I just stayed busy. And um, yeah, there was a fight there. The opportunity was available. I said, yeah, why not? Because um, I was meant to, after my fight in March, I was meant to fight in July anyway until, obviously, um, Josh wanted to fight me. And then, yeah, everything kind of changed. But I, I was adamant that I still wanted to try and get out. Tell, yeah, tell us fight. about the Teatro Maggiore Verbania uh, in Italy. Well, it was lovely. You know, the weather was nice, beautiful views. A lot of legs, nice food. Italian is my favourite cuisine. So yeah, it was it was it was everything I wanted. Boxing and holiday. What more could you ask? Yeah, did you feel the gladiator in you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always feel the gladiator wherever I am. It doesn't matter what country, as long as there's a ring. Yeah. Did you play? Did you play it safe, Dan, or did you go full out? Um, what do you mean in the fight? Yeah, did you? Yeah, did you? Were you well, well, were, <laughs> no, afterwards. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. No, afterwards in Verbania. <laughs> no, did you? Did you? Were you well aware that you? Like, no, there's a big fight looming, and not to make any, you know, get any cuts or silly mistakes, or did you just fight um, like you always did? No, I just, I just fight like I, I, I normally do. Yeah. Um, I think when you start thinking about all those kind of things, that's when something does go wrong. I just yeah. went in there it was just myself and. God willing, thank God it was everything was all right. Yeah, it's your twentieth win, of course. Uh, you are undefeated. Um, yep. We've to, we've told your life story in here in the studio. We'll go over it a little bit in a minute, but um, you do have a freedom about you and the way you fight, and you're unencumbered. We just had Galal Yafai in the studio for the last hour, and he's an Olympic gold medalist. He's four and zero. He's talking about world title fights in the next four fights and it's kind of crept up with you you know the the victories over Hosea Burton when you won the vacant British light heavyweight title you were in here with us afterwards then Reese Cartwright Shaq and Pitzers Rocky Fielding you've really been proving yourself I mean are we right to believe that you have signed to fight with Joshua Boazzi yeah I, I said it before my last fight um the fight was presented they said he wanted to fight me um prior to that I said I wanted anyone in the top five in the country and anyone in the top 15 in the world and yeah he's he's one of them so why not we're both on the same platform um let's 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 give the fans a good domestic dust up man it's a fascinating fight barry isn't it, it? Well, it's it's a fight that, that no just go back 18 months and you and no no disrespect to that you would never put these two fighters together you just maybe two years then you wouldn't put these names together we were starting to talk about the mix well we were starting to talk about dan as he oh dan's doing well I covered Dan's career very, very yeah. early on, of course, and you know, I've seen the talent he had, but you know, can you believe, Dan, that, you know, from where you started no, you know, no, to where you are correct. now? You're, you're correct. You wouldn't um, think that you know, I would catch up to the top light heavies in the country, like, talk close to the world. Um, 
you know, I, I just had to every time, just every stage, just keep proving myself. And look, here we are. But it's just what? Yeah, but two fights in 2018, 2000, five fights rather on those two consecutive years, yep. 10 fights in those two. So busy, Dan. You, you, you were in a hurry, weren't you? And you knew you had to be. Yeah, no, for sure. Because as, as much as these guys were far ahead of me, they were still my peers. Like I used mm. to train around them. And so I knew that, you know, I had to catch up to, you know, be in a mix with any of them. And yeah, I've done so. I would argue that Dan is the success story of the last two years in British boxing by a million miles. Completely he, agree. He's literally what, what for me, well, growing up in, with boxing when no one was winning Olympic medals, really, not very few. So everyone had to start from ground zero, which he has, and work his way up in an old-fashioned route. You know, you know he wears the Haggadah style and, and the shorts and the velvet shorts and, and the long you know, basketball socks. British, Commonwealth, yeah. European, the old school, Dan. But not even that. He, he, he's literally... on. You know, he starts off on ticket deals. Like it's the re- it goes back really grassroots from from nowhere with an aspiration of like like we like we like I did for instance for an example an aspiration of you think you can do something but you never think you're gonna be where you are. He's not no, no he's, he's European champion. That, that I gotta say Dan, that winning that winning in in Paris was tremendous. Thomas like, Faur, yeah, yeah, Thomas Faur, yeah. Yes, it was a very tough customer, and it, mm. you, it gives you even more a bit of um, of an edge when you're at home as well. Everyone's cheering for yeah. you, but it was good, man. It was I really, I was really happy, especially to go overseas and capture the um, title in my opponent's hometown. Like it was really, it was something. Dan, even um, that's no, even that's old fashioned. Going no, to, it is, going, it is, yeah. But that's road a, warrior, that's a road warrior. Fight. Going back yeah, to road warrior. when you win yeah. a European title, you always have the challenge to go, yeah, to go yeah. away from home. I, I love it. I mean, I've been around a long time in boxing. I love it when people won the, win the British Commonwealth and European. Jones here, right? He's been giving me a hard, time. well, not a hard time, but he's been teasing me all night. He's still on the yeah. fence here. Come on, Jones, Aziz <laughs> and Boatsi. Here's what I'm, I'm going to say it openly: Aziz is going to get the very best out of Boatsy, and we're going to find out whether Boatsy's got it or not. And we are going to, because Dan tests everyone. You've been around, Dan, and I will say this to our listeners. Dan Aziz has a, a, a tenacious and beautiful energy as a human being. He has more energy than 10 men put together, because we've had him in here in the studio. There's something special about him, and he will chase Boatsy, who's been a golden boy because of the Olympics. He'll chase him right down into those trenches. I would say that it's easy to say with, about Dan. He's all energy, and he just makes you work too hard, he does this. He makes you work too hard, and you can't keep up with his pace. Yeah, That's easy to say, but it's also disrespectful, because... He's clever in his work. He jumps into that jab. He closes the. You got long reach for a shorter guy. He closes the distance really well. He works up and down the levels, body and head, quite quite well. He, he has a nice wide stance. He's I wasn't a, even talking about his technique. I was talking about the energy no, no, of no, the no, man. But I, I'm, the I'm only interested in what he can what he can do in the ring and guys. And and I and I and I, th- and I think he's I think he's like you know, technically very very good. Boatsy looked like a star in the making in front of the Olympics, but. We haven't seen the we have, and he's had some good performances, but he has we haven't seen the the the, the fire. Like. What what's fantastic, and I've got to put this to you, Dan, because you are our guest. What's fantastic yeah. is, you know, we've got Callum Smith uh, fighting Artur Baturbiev. We've got Anthony yeah. Yard without a fight at the moment. We've got Craig Richards and Lyndon Arthur, yourself and Joshua Boatsy. What an incredible lineup of light heavyweights in the country. And what I've got to say is, I applaud both of you for taking the fight because they're fights that we want to see. Yeah, no, for sure. Both undefeated, both in their prime. It's brilliant. 
exactly. These are the kind of fights, you know, that you, um, well, if they live up to the expectations, you know, they go down in history, people continue to watch it. And these are the kind of fights I used to watch, you know, like the Eubank Ben and, you know, all the classic kind of um, fights, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. We're both at a stage now, you know, where we're both undefeated, um, yeah. you know, we're gunning for world titles. Why not make it happen? You never know if it's a good fight, we could have a second one, maybe a third one, who knows? So, sometimes these are the fights that enable you to buy a row of houses each because these are the fights that ignite the... And your names live together for... I hope so, Dan. Listen, we've got to say goodbye because I've got to go to the darts, but no, um, no announcement soon, is it? Yes, yes. We, um, we should have an announcement pretty, pretty soon. Well, we had them rolling in on this week's show. Up next was Josh Kelly. He was in Mallorca, putting the babies to bed. We had him, we lost him. We had him, we lost him. Then he came back on, and he is so ambitious at the moment at Light Middleweight. Thank you so much for stepping away from dinner in Mallorca tonight, first of all. Nah, no, don't worry, mate. It's been paid for anyways. And it's going to be about getting on for close to midnight over there soon. It, has, it, has it cooled down? Because it's 40 degrees in the day at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's nice. I've been out running this morning and everything. Lovely. It, was a bit, it was a bit cooler today, so it was, um, it was, I'm very enjoying a little rest, but also keep myself ticking over just in case anything get called through. Well, a bit like um, Dan Aziz, our last guest, who, who fought in Verbania, Italy, on two, uh, two days' notice, I think it was, yeah. last week. Um, I'm, I'm going to... I always praise our producer, Ed Huntley. I'm going to criticise him tonight, because he, he gave me a little script reading into this that you're still the British light middleweight champion. You've stepped away from that title for other reasons. Explain mm. why. Well, I was looking at the... You were mandatory for it and getting put in the position. I thought... Yeah. So I need to move on. Like Troy's the guy who I took the title off, beat all them sort of guys. So I need to move on. There's a group, there's, there's a couple of guys there. There's a guy in my gym, Sam Marantre, who possibly, I think it might, might be made. Um, so it was, it was a good time for me to sort of move on. I want to get world rankings and um, get the big, the, obviously I'm number one on the WBO. And I'm wrong, some big British fights there, but I mean, um, Looking ahead, that's what I don't need. Looking ahead because we have won the British title in the fact that I'm, I'm well above that. I need to just look ahead and start, and start looking. I think I'm going to get Ed, our producer, to ring you back. We're not picking up at all. We know that you're ranked number one with the WBO at the moment, and I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Barry first of all. I, I ran into Josh Kelly in um, in Belfast recently. Obviously, Adam Booth was was um, there in the corner with um, Michael Conlon. Yep. And physically, um, Kelly looks fantastic now at this weight. Oh, and, and, and I love stylistically what he's doing. He, he's planting his feet and he's also got that beautiful... I mean, he's one of the most beautiful movers you ever see in the ring as well. His win against Troy Williamson was one of the most enjoyable yeah. one-sided fights that I've watched for a very long very time. Very well put. And, that, yeah. and that's because one-sided fights are never really good to watch because they're one-sided. But mm. And Troy Williamson's a good fighter. Very and, tough man. And, and, well, he, but yeah, he is tough. And he's also not, not a bad boxer. And, yeah. and he made he made Williamson look extremely ordinary. But again, with what you said, Gareth, with the movement, but a different movement from the welterweight where he didn't have maybe the confidence in holding his feet because he didn't feel strong, maybe because of the struggle making the weight. 
he was holding his feet and put, having some purchase on the punches. And as the rounds went by, he reduced the movement because he didn't need to do it and started to put more weight in his shot. So I think the fight management in that fight showed how he should fight all fights, I would feel. That, that, that's, that's how he fights. I mean, if it's good enough to beat the guy, other guys, it's good, it is what it is. But I mean, and it might be. But I mean, that's, I think that style is what it, what it, what will get him there or won't get him there, but that's his style. There's two champions with the WBO at the moment, of course, Jamel Charlo and Tim Sue. But obviously, Jamel is about to fight, even though he's a light middleweight, he's yeah. about to fight Canelo later in the year, Saul Canelo Alvarez. Um, Josh is number one with the WBO. Is this a strategic move for you, to, for him to, to take that position? Because he might end up fighting... Um, one of these guys, there's Xander Zayas out there, who's a great fight yeah. for him. I know he's a young fighter. Liam Smith, by the way, talking to me about, I might go back down to light middle. That's a terrific fight as well, isn't it? There's, there's some good names there. You know, there's there's uh, Madrimov and, and, and obviously Tim Zoom, um, Brian Mendoza, who beat yes. Sebastian Fendora recently. Danny Garcia is still around. You know, he's been around longer than me, but he's still, <laughs> he's still a danger. But still, that's a winnable fight for, for Josh on form. Tony Harrison, dangerous, but yeah. I tell you what's a good fight. He's, he's highly ranked. James Metcalf. Yes, number three with the with the WBA. We've got we've got we've got you back, Josh. Hopefully with a yeah. better line. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, that's you, much guys? better. We were just talking about Barry and I were just kind of uh, ruminating um, over the fact that your position at number one with the WBO, which you he we heard yeah. you say earlier, Jamel Charlo may vacate if he goes up to fight yeah. Saul Canelo Alvarez um, for that big money fight, if you like. Um, do you do you envisage your world title fight within a fight or two? I mean, look, you looked brilliant the other day against Gabriel Corzo, by the way, won by unanimous decision. And Barry was waxing lyrical about your movement and now what you're putting your 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 best assets into. And as I was saying, when I saw you in Belfast at the Michael mm. Conlon fight, physically you look so good now at the weight. Yeah. Yeah, 154 definitely suitors. Definitely suitors. Um I'm big, I'm strong, I'm not losing, I'm not losing all, I had to lose over a stone to make, uh, mm. make well to wait, with the, like that was in the, that was in fight week, so it used to kill us, and I mean, I boxed that 69 kilo, which obviously is near enough super well to wait, me full um, senior career as a, as amateur really, so I am, I am where I am, I'm, I'm physically strong, and like you says, that's, that. I mean, Gabriel Corzo was a negative opponent, he could have mm. stunk the place out against, <laughs> I mean, he nearly stunk the place out against me, I tried to make it a little bit entertaining, try to close him down, and to be fair, I was stuck in, I was stuck in, in between, because it was like, I just had a cut on my nose, which pushed the fight back, so... That obviously opened up a little bit. It cut on my face, opened up. Adam's like, we don't want nothing touching your face this fight. So I don't want you going inside. But I was looking at, I was, I hit my right hand. I thought I broke it in the second or third round. So I was like, How is that, not Josh? Of, it's good. It's good, Barry. It's, it was a lot of swelling. So I went and got it checked out. The tendons and everything's fine. And the, and the, obviously there's no breaks there, but it was major swelling. So I'm just, it still feels really bruised now. But I've just got to just keep it icing and keep oh it moving. God. But. It, it, obviously, it, there's no injury there, which is good. But when you're in the fight, you're thinking to yourself, especially a fight where I felt as I was controlling it, I thought, yes. why do I, I want to take the risk to try and get him out there, but at the same time, I can't use my right hand. He was moving constantly to my right, which is going on to my right hand. As I tried to move him onto my left, I was starting to dig him with some body shots. He started making it messy, grabbing us, and started putting his head straight on my nose, which opened the cut up again. And Adam, as soon as I went back to the corner, was like, we can't have this happening. So that was just my main priority, just being able to close the fight out and just 
sort of, I wanted to entertain, but them guys there can stink in the rain out when when they come like that. So it's just one of them things. Um, as you as you sit there in Mallorca tonight, looking out on the uh, the heat shimmering over the sea, we're just being jealous here in the Talksport studio. Oh, you're, you're painting a lovely picture. <laughs> I always paint a lovely picture. I'm only doing it because the rain is splattering against the studio windows here in London at the moment. Um, when when you when you look out on that shimmering sea, do you perceive world titles next do you want all british prize fights liam smith is out there of course he would be mm. you and he would make a fantastic contest mm. in my view um chris eubank if he beats liam smith would be a great opponent are you after mm. world championship or prize fights i mean after i've stuck the dummy in these two kids and uh, got them to sleep they're not <laughs> kicking up a voice at this yeah at the dinner table there i've yeah i mean them are all the names i'm i'm I believe I belong. I, well, I'm already there, but no one really wants to mention me at the moment. I'm a bit of a, I'm one of them at the moment where people are sort of thinking, well, what's, I mean, I, I know what my worth is. I do bring a lot of worth. I do bring views because people want to see, see you get knocked out or <laughs> knock someone or try or knock someone out. And the more aggressive the guys come, the better our box. Yes. So the more the more they open up, the more it's gonna, the more it's gonna play into my style. So that guy obviously the other day, I didn't expect him to box that and obviously it just turned into a bit of a I was happy in performance dominated but just a negative fight while if someone comes to try and take my head off then I'm I'm there I'm, uh, that's I've been doing it since I've been a kid and at this new weight I'm full my tanks are full and I'm just making full use of um, full full use of it so I, I can do like I showed you in the Troy Williamson fight that was yeah. high level above that Josh, we mentioned the Troy Williamson fight and I sort yeah. of said yeah. that's how if you can that was your perfect yeah. performance. That's who, if you fight every fight like that, it's very hard to see a lot of no, or, or, or most people beating you. To be honest, because you had the the movement correct, but you held your mm. feet enough to put perch on your punches. And as the rounds went on, you sat you sat you sat down more on your shots as as the rounds went on, which was impressive. No, no thank you, mate. Yeah, I, 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 but that was only like a snippet of what I can't. When I've been, it's in sparring and stuff. When I've went in, in just. Just set it alight. People go, Jesus, like what's happened? Do you know what I mean? But it's like it's getting the right opponent, the right dance partner, and the people who come forward to try and to let dance go. To like that, Troy was just a Troy was this. I think it was like a was like a building block to what towards I can what I can get. But the um, the bigger the fights, and the more I need to be switched on, the less the more danger it is. Because when there's less danger, I sort of switch off. I last the other night there, I could have walked through the kid. I didn't feel any power whatsoever. But when there's people there, want want to knock us out that's when I've got to be alive and that's when I've always performed my best in spawn and, and when my head switched on in, in fights so uh, so finally tease us when will the matador that you can be go out and fight your next toro your next bull <laughs> well that depends on you the guys in the division I'm ready do you know what I mean I'm, I think obviously this hand and stuff needs to just heal itself up a little bit cutting it heal yourself up a bit but I can see myself get Definitely once before the end of the year. So it's it's one. It's definitely once. I don't know about twice, but definitely once end of the year. Then early early next year because I keep myself ready. I'm mature and I'm sort of. I don't have to. I'm not ballooning up because I'm not having to drop all that weight. I'm just I'm on it. So I'm keep myself steady and then yeah. Any of them names what you've said mentioned there, if they want to put their up, then I'm ready to snipe them. 
Well, boxing wouldn't be complete on any podcast of ours, of course, or fight night show without one of the top women fighters in the world. Earlier in the week, Alicia Baumgardner, the undisputed super featherweight champion of the world, just fresh from victory over Cristina Linardu, joined me on TalkSport to tell me about what her aspirations were next. With the defeat came a lot of change and a lot of growth that I needed. And so as you saw, I told her, thank you for the loss because it made me a better fighter on today. And I I wouldn't have changed it because I am who I am today because of the loss. And, you know, just to get that back, it's a great feeling because, you know, you're at a different stage in your life. You're at a different part. And I just see the layers that I was able to um, really get through and be the fighter I am today. That was, what was that, your seventh fight, I think? Um, and it was what, five years ago. You have been so busy. You are so improved as a fighter, almost unrecognizable from the boxer and fighter you were then. Yeah, I agree. You know, I saw the clip that they posted. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I fought like that. That's yeah. trash. Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, I needed it. And you see the growth. And that's, that's the best part about boxing is growing and, you know, just looking better and better. What, what do you put the improvements down to? Is it kind of hours in the gym and hard work and study of yourself, techniques, all those things with Tony Harrison? I mean, what is it? What do you do? What do you put your vast improvements down to? You know, it comes down to the mental aspect. At the end of the day, you have to know who you are. You have to have real and raw conversations with yourself. And I do all the time. And I understand where where I'm going and what my assignment is. So with with that comes a lot of responsibility, right? And becoming champion is is another step of you know being better and growing. So it's really the mental aspect for me um you know I'm, I'm 29 and I'm still growing and becoming more wise and and I see it and it's it's a great feeling you also you you also look different every time I see you and you're like you you it's like you take on different characters if I'm I don't know if I'm wrong saying that but you know you 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 dress up or you take on the warrior spirit or you go badass or you go there's so many you, I don't know. I don't know whether that's because you like change and you like exploring yourself as a fighter, but also as a person, Alicia. Yeah, you know, for me, I have a fun life, you know. You know, I, I'm a dreamer. As a young <laughs> girl, I myself, I didn't want to live a, live an average life. I wanted to make something of my life. Mm-hmm. And here we are now as the Undisputed Champion. And it's fun to to see the different sides of me. I want people to know that I'm not just a fighter. I'm also somebody outside the ring. There's there's a beauty and there's a beast and it's and it has great balance that I've been able to have. And so it it's a switch, you know, I can turn it off, I can turn it on. And it I love that about me. Yeah, I mean I I think I saw a post from you on social media one day you said and where you said they just can't handle me. I I yeah. I'm, I'm this but then I'm that and I'm difficult to handle. Are you difficult to handle? In a good way, you know, yeah, if, yeah. If, you, yeah. if you know how to handle a woman like myself, you know, the, a credit to you. So, you know. Um, as I say, it was a brilliant performance against Leonardo too. And I, I, I think it was, it was almost like against Christina, you almost wanted to put, it's almost like you watched the, the first performance and said, right, this is going to be very different. I'm going to show 
in this fight. I mean, it wasn't the easiest fight still at all. I mean, she's a very tough, determined uh, challenger for your belts. But it was almost like, I'm actually going to show stage by stage where I am right now. I am the knockout artist, um, which we saw you in the UK against Terry Harper. I, I will go toe-to-toe and go um, into the trenches, uh, as you did here against Michaela Meyer, and, and, and you'll go up against someone's face all week and do what not many women do in, in, in modern boxing, which is indulge in proper trash talk that gets male eyes watching the sport as well as female eyes watching the sport. Um, I, you know, I've, I just, I rate you as one of the most improved female boxers in that whole swathe of very elite fighters right now. And afterwards, you called out Amanda Serrano, you called out Katie Taylor, um, called out Chantel Cameron. Is multi-weight where you're headed now? Yeah, I am. And I believe that I'm capable of beating those girls because mm -hmm. in my eyes, I don't see nobody else but me. And I see a challenge. I'm a hungry fighter. You know, as they say, you know, you're the one being hunted. Um, you're not the hunter no more, but I've always been a hunter. So, you know, anything about being a hunter, we need dinner tonight. I'm gonna make sure I, we, we are fed, you know, the prey is, is taken down. So yeah, absolutely. Moving up in weight class is an option for me. I love a challenge. I believe I can beat them and why not? Well, even up as far as I say, welterweight with Chantel Cameron, yeah. Even to 147 or 140 is the limit. Where would you go? 140, one, it just depends. You know, a great nutrition team helps with that. I've been able, I used to come down, I used to walk around 147 and make yeah. 130. So, you know, my body can change and we can definitely make sure that we're properly nutritioned for that fight if that ever did happen. Yeah, well, actually, we've seen that with Tasha Jonas, who's fought at Super Feather and gone all the way up to what I call light middle or super welterweight. Um, it, it is true, and you've got that physicality about you, haven't you? Um, there's no question about that. That 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 um, of those three, I imagine in America, I imagine in America, Amanda Serrano would be the biggest target. Yeah, I would say uh, Amanda would be the the biggest target here in America. You know, we have New York. You know, we fought in the same card. You know, yeah. it builds for a great fight um, with our styles of fighting. Um, so, you know, if we, if we can make that mega fight here in the States, let's do it. How does that map out for you? Is, are you talking behind the scenes, uh, with obviously you fought on DAZN a lot with Eddie Hearn, who's trying to make those fights. Where are you at with that? You know, I, I tell them all the time I see them. I want everybody. I want Katie. I want Amanda. I want Chantel. So I'm very vocal on who I want. And so again, when I see them, I let them know. The Harper win, the Matisse win, the Mayer win, all here in the UK. You know you've got a popular, well, you are very popular here in the UK. You'll have experienced that. Are we going to see you back here? Or is, let me ask you this. There's a feeling, because there's so many big female fights in the UK now, that the UK might be better supporting women's fighting right now. Is there that support in America as well for, for women's fights? From the fans, from the promoters? You know, all in all, the UK is, is definitely going to outwork 
the U.S. for the women fights. That's that's a plus. Mm-hmm. But I believe that it can become something if we're able to per- push the right promotion. And just speaking on me, Pacific specifically speaking on me and what I'm able to do for the sport and what we've been able to see, you know, we saw in New York as an undisputed fight, Amanda as a main event, me as a co-main, we're still packing out stadiums. Um, You know, my homecoming fight here, Clarissa's homecoming fight. I really think we could really market it properly. But again, if we want to be on the safe side, like we we've had before, we'll fight in the UK. You've been listening to the Fight Night podcast on TalkSport. Don't forget to subscribe to all our channels, including our boxing YouTube channel and our midweek show, Fight Night Extra, with me and Addy Oladipo. My thanks for to Barry Jones for joining me on tonight's show and all our guests. What a magnificent array it has been. You've been listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.